We are Soul Sisters. Walk alongside us as we take you through this journey of sisterhood. Join me, Jenna Urban. And me, Tara Machaco, as we walk in each other's shoes and explore our very different lives. Grab your soul sister to listen and laugh as we share stories of family, work, and small personal disasters. We're We're not perfect, but but nobody nobody is. Welcome to another episode of Soul Sisters Podcast. Today is episode number nine, and we have a special guest, our first time having a guest with us on the show. I'm so excited. We are so excited to welcome Paige Tons. Paige is a former Division I softball player at Northwestern University. We won't hold that against her <laughs> being in the Big Ten. But Paige has a business where she is empowering young at- female athletes. She helps athletes level up on the field or court through mental training and hard work where they create their own real self-confidence. We're so excited to talk with Paige today. Let's jump right into the episode with Paige Tons. Hey Paige, thanks for coming on today. (laughs) Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to finally talk to you guys over the phone. (laughs) Right, we're so excited that you are our first guest. Yeah, this is really exciting. It's neat. It's a new territory for us. I feel like it's such an honor. All right, let's dive right in because I know you have so much to offer us. So first, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background? All right, so a little brief background so I don't bore you with my entire life story. No, um, no. Is I I played I played sports you know pretty much all you know through my childhood growing up. Um, I played a lot of different sports. My main thing was softball, though, um, and I played competitive softball from when I was 10 all the way up until um, I was 18 and then played in college. I also played uh, high school volleyball as well um, and you know, so played at the Division One level at Northwestern University. Um, I had the opportunity to be the starting catcher there, so that was a really neat experience, and, and then that led me um to you know graduating graduating and then at that point I had no idea what I wanted to do after well I mean I guess I had a little bit of idea but I still didn't have that direction and then it was that weird time um for you know any student athlete that graduates and they've played for their entire lives and that's what their whole identity is and I think I had that identity crisis (laughs) after um, and had really no idea what I was doing, and I was a little bit lost, and um, just really wasn't sure what my path was. Because as you guys know, you're part of a team all this time, and mm-hmm. there's always the ne- you always know what the next step is. And at that point, like I said, I was feeling a little lost, and uh, so that brought me to a few different jobs. And um, and then after in between four and five years, I kind of finally had like a big light bulb go off for me, and I I knew that I wanted to stay in somehow and work with girls somehow I just didn't know how I wanted to do that and um, it wasn't necessarily coaching Mm -hmm. but I decided that the mental game was something that I really struggled with in my own experiences and I was like when I was able to figure that out later in life that was something I wanted to give back to the girls so I created this program and now I get to work with girl athletes on the mental side of the game and in mental training and 
life is good. <laughs> nice. Oh my goodness. So much good stuff out of that. So let's just kind of peel out some of the information that you gave us. So first I want to talk to you about playing multiple mm-hmm. sports in high school. So you said you played volleyball and softball. Yeah. And how was Actually, that? Actually, my freshman year, I played basketball too, but basketball dropped off quickly. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, we've, we've been debating this um, like the last couple episodes so- talking about like at what point do you feel like somebody should start to specialize in a sport? And we said yeah, we, could, we it, could go on and on and on about it. Right. It's just right. so hard to kind of find the balance and have the commitment to every team and to, that you want to you don't want to disappoint anybody else and now it's right. kind of like you're training all year round for the sport that you love right right yeah no I I have had this conversation with a lot of my girls a lot of parents and just a lot of people in general it's definitely a hot hot topic mm-hmm. uh, but I'm still a really strong believer in um, that other sport I know a lot of people that did three sports or three sport athletes but I, I wasn't that great at basketball so I had to let that one go mm-hmm. um, but when it came to volleyball I, I didn't play club volleyball and most of the girls did play club volleyball um, that ended up on varsity towards the end but I always tell the girls and whoever I'm talking to that I would not change anything about playing that second sport about playing volleyball because like honestly I loved playing volleyball it was a huge like it was one of the greatest experiences in my high school uh, part of my life and Mm -hmm. I made really great friends through volleyball and to be quite honest I think it's actually what made me better at softball more of a mental aspect because volleyball was for fun like I got to actually just play to have fun there was no like pressures I mean of course I'm a really competitive person so (laughs) it was still it was still game time but But like um, nobody expected you to be this all-star volleyball player right correct so I think that it gave me this break and this outlet um to be able to play volleyball along with my my major sport which was softball so I wouldn't trade it or change it any other way and I Mm -hmm. loved it and I have a pretty strong opinion about that and I know um my my brother actually uh, he just finished playing division one football in the Pac-12 and I know that he has um some regrets here and there about not being able to play uh, another sport because I mean I'm sure you've heard the football life, like yeah. you, they don't really allow you to play other sport. Um, and I know that that's something that he wishes that he could have done. So from our family perspective, I think playing multiple sports um, was always a good thing. And it was always a positive thing. Yeah, it got hard and it was a crazy schedule and you just had to give and take here and there, but you figure it out. <laughs> so do you, do you find that when working with all these young women that you're working with now and even the parents of those young women, is this a question that comes up often? And then how, how do you advise them in terms of, you just said, you just mentioned that playing volleyball you think helped you mentally because it kind of gave you mm-hmm. a break from pressure is that is that something that you talk about or what would be some advice you would have for some of these moms or some of these young women that are that are listening that you could pass along yeah that, uh I get, actually I do get that question a lot and I always ask the girls when I first start with them and when I'm getting to know them if they are playing other sports mm-hmm. because the stuff that we talked about obviously works yeah. for um different sports and life and all and school and things but um I, I do encourage them if they're like on the edge of like, oh, like, should I play? Should mm-hmm. I not? And I always encourage them to play. I mean, I also think it gives you a, a physical advantage too. I mean, you're using your body in different ways. 
you're thinking differently. And I always, I always like to use the example of, okay, so if you're doing really well in, in one sport or, you know, you can take it in, in, in uh, skill wise, like if you're doing something really well somewhere in an area in your life. So like, for example, in volleyball, mm-hmm. I'm doing really good. Um, I'm feeling really good, but maybe my softball isn't going so well. Like what, what am I thinking? What are my, what's my thought process? What am I doing differently? Um, when I approach volleyball, mm-hmm that compared to softball. And I, I do use that. I try to use that as an example for the girls who are playing multiple sports. Yeah. Um, because then they're like, Oh, well maybe I just need to stop thinking so much yeah. and being so hard on myself. <laughs> right. And then they're like, Oh, now it makes sense. <laughs> but I encourage the parents to let their kids play multiple sports. And, mm-hmm. you know, you might meet a different group of friends and another mm-hmm. one and, be exposed to different things. So I think being part of different things is, is a good experience. And I was not the best player in volleyball. So mm-hmm. I had to experience it in the bench mm-hmm. in high right. school when I was a junior on the varsity team. So, and it was actually, I always say that my junior year sitting the bench was for volleyball was one of my most favorite years because actually most of the girls my year sat the bench. It was like all my friends and we were like the greatest bench of all time. We won state that year. And I'm like, well, because of the bench players, because we were the greatest bench of all time. But I love that because I feel that a lot of athletes are not accepting what their role is Mm -hmm. on the team. Like you said, Mm -hmm. like your role, like you knew that you weren't this all-star volleyball player, but you knew that, you know, you were still supportive of your teammates when you did get it into the game. You know, you still gave 100%. So you kind of accepted your role instead of fighting through it because you really could have as a junior had an attitude like, listen, I'm a junior, these freshmen shouldn't Mm -hmm. be playing. And that's something we see a lot, I think, especially at the high school level, trying to mm -hmm. accept roles and college. And college, yep. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Yeah, I mean, of course it's it's hard. And as a competitive, like atypical athlete, Mm -hmm. my personality, it was hard to sit the bench. And that was something really new for me. But I think that that experience shaped me and made me a better person, even when I didn't realize it at that moment. Now, how about travel ball? We talk a lot about travel, travel ball. Did you play travel (laughs) softball when you were in high school? Yeah. So I played travel softball from when I was 10 all the way up until 18, right before college. Wow. That's the debate we keep having yeah. is at what age, what age should you start playing? Like I'm a lot older. And when I was in seventh and eighth grade, there was no AAU basketball. And even, even into high school, there was no AAU basketball. So I had to rely uh-huh. on going to camps and going to like different shootouts and things like that to be seen. And it's so different over the last 15 years right. of all these travel and club teams for every sport. Um, so yeah. we, we keep yeah. talking about like Jenna has, Jenna has three kids that are eight, nine, and 12 years old. And like, they're going to start getting ready to, to get on all these all-star teams and travel teams. And right. as a parent, mm-hmm. trying to get them to all of these different games and things like that right. becomes a... And knowing the expense of it, you know, like right. how far do <laughs> I want to invest in mm-hmm. athletics? Yeah. I think that's the Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm not a parent yet, but <laughs> just from experiencing it as a player and just like seeing you know, how my parents, what my parents went through for the most part, I think it, it, it all just kind of depends on the situations. And I think I do feel strongly that like softball should be fun and club mm-hmm. sports should be fun. Right. Um, and when it becomes um, like 
too much or there were definitely times in my my travel experience that I was not having fun and there was times where like I questioned why I was even playing Mm -hmm. and I think that came along with the like the the typical mental battles of softball and baseball where you know you're failing seven out of the ten times and you're still doing really well but um you know I, I do I see from time to time these coaches who are just like kind of crazy. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, they're 12 years old. Like Mm -hmm. just, you're, you're, you gotta think of like the long run and what they're, why they're playing sports and why they're playing um, competitive sports and what's like the overall goal for them. Of course Mm -hmm. it, you know, like a handful of those girls are going to continue on and keep playing and some of them won't. So, you know, you have to keep it fun and you have to, but also teach them to be competitive and work hard and Mm -hmm. just all these different values. And like, I just like to think about like, what are we at? What are we teaching these girls Mm -hmm. who are playing club at 10? I think it's totally fine to play, you know, eight, tens, um, depending on what kind of commitment you want to make. And hopefully, you know, those eight, 10, 12 year old teams aren't playing every single week. (laughs) But um, I do think that that starting at an early age, earlier age did give me kind of a leg up because I I felt like I was pretty sound when it came to my mechanics Mm -hmm. um and and like my foundation of Mm -hmm. softball I guess um but you know there's all there's I've heard tons of stories of of girls who started when they were you know 14 or 15 and I know one girl for example who started when I think she was like 15 or 16 she might have played a little baseball before um and ended up playing at UCLA so I mean it just I think it depends on the person the girl the player Mm. and their ability and and actually their drive at the end of the day too because I work with a lot of girls and sometimes you know especially when I work with my team there's there's always your girls that are looking for more and really interested and they're Mm. driven and then you have the girls who are like you know, just there to have a good time. Right. And you know what? I have said that to my daughter who's nine, you know, when she'll say to me, Mm -hmm. how come, you know, so-and-so doesn't want to come out and play a pickup game or come play basketball. And I'm like, you know, everybody goes into playing a sport for a different reason. So some have Mm -hmm. more passionate for it. Some want the experience of just going to play and having Mm -hmm. fun. Some want to go into the sport just to get the exercise for it. So I just try to teach my kids that not everyone is is as equally as passionate Mm -hmm about the sport and you kind (laughs) of have to accept that you know and I'm sure you've been friends with people that you know were totally not even interested in sports at all because that's Mm -hmm. I think we've all kind of experienced that yeah and I think as from my own experience I was always on a a pretty competitive team Mm -hmm. so I didn't really experience the um we may have had like a few girls here and there that weren't as interested but for the most part like our team was committed. Yeah. <laughs> we were hardcore. I felt like we were pretty hardcore. Well, I think, yeah, that's so important but, too. I think finding the right team and finding the right coach that is going yeah, to provide you with yeah, what you're definitely. looking for. Are you looking for a skill, like somebody that's going to work on fundamental skills or you're looking for somewhere to just go and have fun? I think that's really important too for them to yeah, find the right program. Yeah, and there's there's teams and, and levels in clubs and travel for for both of those options mm-hmm. or middle options. So kind of like um, for college, like I know a lot of girls stress out because they're like, well, what if I don't make this, you know, mm-hmm. division one school? Mm-hmm. But I, right. I truly believe that there is a school and there is a place for everyone if you want to be at that 
collegiate level, whether it's you know, D1, D2, D3. <laughs> there's so many different, so many different schools and so many different locations that you just have to do your research and and determine like what you want out of it so that's kind of also side i totally agree with you and even um you know like i have i've listened to a podcast you were a guest on and just hearing your story if you could share about your experience as a player in college when you got to the point that maybe it wasn't you weren't as passionate and you weren't having fun and you kind of were stressing out about it. Yeah. So the recruiting process was pretty stressful for me. I'm not going to lie. I, because I, I do have, I had really high expectations and I still have really high expectations for myself. I still kind of struggle with it and I have to like coach myself sometimes. (laughs) Actually, I have my own coach to help me through it, through the business side of it now. Right. But Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so the, the recruiting process was, a little bit of a stressful journey for me and because I wanted to play at a big, I wanted to play at a big division one school. That was my dream growing up. Um, you know, originally I wanted to play in the PAC 12, but I really wanted to be in one of those big conferences. So when I didn't have all of the offers <laughs> that I was mm-hmm. expecting, it became really stressful and I was kind of freaking out about it. Um, and I ended up being a really late recruit. I did have um, an offer from South Carolina uh, at the end of my junior year, beginning of my senior year. So I did have that option. But when I went to visit, it just, for some reason, it just didn't felt, it didn't feel right in my, like, in my gut, like my instinct. Um, so I didn't commit right away. And I was just kind of hanging on to that. Um, and when, it, so my senior season, you know, spring part of my senior year which is really 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 late mm-hmm. not to be committed anywhere especially because these girls are like verbaling when they're like 10 years old now I don't even know what <laughs> it is it's crazy um but uh I I was offered or um a spot an opportunity came up with Northwestern and they um, needed a catcher and it was super late. Like my, the head coach, um, Kate Drohan from Northwestern came out to my high school game, which is like unheard of in softball. They always recruit from clubs. So she comes out to my high school game. I'm from Phoenix, Arizona. And the day that we're playing, it rains. It like never rains and the game got rained out. So we had this like makeshift practice. It was super stressful. Anyway, long story short, I ended up going to Northwestern and my first three years, um, I had to work. I felt like I I definitely was not promised any position because I was that late recruit. Mm. Um, I was pretty nervous about it. Um, I, you know, because I also had those high expectations, I wanted to play, I wanted to start, I wanted to be a a big part of the team. And I had to work my butt off to get that, that starting position as a catcher. Mm. Um, And catching and defense always came really naturally for me. And, but the hitting um, never really came naturally to me, I would say. I mean, I was still a good hitter throughout club. I wouldn't say I was like the best hitter um but I definitely like stood my ground for a long time but when it came to college it just like everything went out the door it felt like and like all of my confidence just was gone um the only I I had this this 
feeling or like I in my head I've created you know if I don't get a hit I was you know hitting at the bottom of the lineup if I made the lineup hitting (laughs) sometimes I had someone hitting for me so if I made the lineup I knew in my head I was always telling myself if I don't get a hit I'm not gonna they're gonna pull me and I'm not gonna get another opportunity this game so I had all this pressure on me to get a hit which is insane because when you do that what's most likely going to happen is you're not going to get a hit and that's exactly what happened Uh, pretty much the first three years of my softball career at Northwestern so hitting was a serious struggle and it was a lot of pressure and um, I was really frustrated like really really frustrated to the point where I was you know I had my nights of crying and wondering why I was even there and questioning and doubting and all of these things and it was it was hard it was really hard and thank goodness I stuck through it um, because my senior season we had a, a coach come in and I also was seeing some sports psychologists from here time to time and I, I wish that I would have um, taken advantage of that that opportunity that they give because at most colleges they have a sports psychologist mm-hmm. available but you have to go out of your way to um, like make that happen in most cases. Yeah. So I wish that I would have done that earlier. So anyone listening to this, yes. <laughs> go see this, take advantage of all the, like sports, take yes. advantage of your sports freshman year. take advantage yes. of tutors. First like, week of on campus. All they have to do is yes. ask. And that's what a lot of college athletes forget yeah. to do. They don't want to ask or they're too, they're too timid or afraid yes. to ask for help. Definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I'll have to go on a whole nother tangent about questions, <laughs> asking questions. Just ask away. People want to help. Yeah. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I wish I would have taken advantage of those sports psychologists earlier. Although I did, I did get some time. And then my senior year, um, we had a coach who had uh, did some grad work there at the prior and she was a pitching she actually was a pitching coach prior too um but she came and just helped us a little bit with the mental side of the game and some mental training tools and honestly at first I was like whatever this is not going to work I just need to get more reps in I just Mm -hmm. need to hit more live pitching whatever it was and well that was obviously not working too (laughs) so uh, so eventually I, I started to buy in more to the mental training and I was like, you know what, like my mentality was, what do I have to lose at this point? I just want to have fun. I want to enjoy this is my last year ever of being able to play softball. I'm just going to go out there. I'm going to enjoy myself. I'm going to have fun with my, my teammates. Um, I'm going to do the best I can. And if that's whatever happens, happens. Right. So I went out there with that mentality and then I was also working on some visualization and some um, some different techniques like breathing and and those types of things um, and some positive self talk which was really hard for me <laughs> um, and uh, I ended up doubling my batting average my my senior year and I was making the lineup I think I had like like double the amount of at bats that I got my senior year wow. um, so I was consistently making that lineup I was having fun it was I was like oh my gosh like I wish I would have done this mm-hmm. so much earlier and known this so much earlier because it was kind of sad I was like I was at my peak mm-hmm. and then I was like okay now you're done <laughs> so um that that's what really led me to wanting to help um younger girl athletes um, a lot of teen girl athletes 
mm-hmm. um, the mental side of the game and helping them through that and working through that because that's also kind of a fragile time in life. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so having been through that, and um, obviously you, you said you would start it much earlier, when you have these young women coming to you as teenagers, mm-hmm. what and you know everybody wants to play at the highest level and they, they get involved in club, club teams and I'm – they want to be a division one athlete, but not everybody can be. And how, right. how do you deal with that part? Because you talked about the recruiting process, which is a completely mental, mental process, mental game and, and very stressful for, for these young women. And right. you had mentioned that it's, you're not, you're not fibbing when you say they're starting at 10 and 12 years old, starting to offer scholarships and, mm-hmm. and go and see these athletes. Do you deal with a lot of that at the, with teenage girls and what kind of advice yeah, would you have so- to them? through that process of having to kind of sort through everything. And like we had talked about knowing what your role is going to be and knowing what level you're, what level you're yeah, at. Yeah. Like what, what level, level you're made for. Yeah. And like, how do you, how do you talk to a, a young woman? And I don't want to say like, put them in, in crash place. The, yeah. Like, I don't want to say, I don't want to say be a dream crusher. Cause you no. want to make sure everybody you're, you're being positive and everything <laughs> yeah. like that. But like, how are realistic, realistic. Yeah. How, right. how, do, how do you realistically tell a teenager here's where you, you should be and here's what you should be looking at. Cause you had mentioned there's a place for everybody and there's, there's somewhere for everybody to be able mm-hmm. to go and, and compete. But I don't know if enough young athletes understand how many schools are out there and what levels there are and all right. of that. So I'm sorry, that was a long-winded question, right. and a lot of no, it is probably no. selfish for me as a coach. <laughs> What's <laughs> your best advice? Uh, totally fair. Um, honestly, um, to give me, like, my truthful answer, yeah. I really, really push these girls to dream as big as they mm-hmm. possibly can. Mm-hmm. And um, we talk, you know, obviously, I, we're talking a lot about building confidence yeah. and working on creating that self-confidence. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I encourage them to dream whatever they want. Okay. Um, and I, at some point, they, their, their coaches and their parents are going to be kind of the ones that are going to figure out where they they place because I don't really see the girls play a whole lot. I don't okay. see their actual like physical skills, so um, I, I can't really like uh, put a level them. on yeah. them. Mm-hmm. I yeah. can I can kind of get a, a good idea, but we um, we talk about dreams and goals, and mm-hmm. um, we talk about their their dreams of playing college softball. We don't get super specific um, about. Um, like, you know, the levels Mm -hmm. and things yet. I have a lot of girls that are like about 13, 14. So Um, even at that age, you start to to encourage them to start writing down goals and dreams and and like things like that. Yeah. So uh, my program, it's a mental training program. Um, It's called the Mental Game Mentorship. And the main focus of the mentorship is building confidence. It's building self-confidence. Um, and so that all surrounds visualization, positive self-talk, how to overcome failure, building stronger relationships, like goals and dreaming, routines and habits. So these are all different workshop sessions that we have. Um, and we have a workshop session uh, every month 
And then I also have a guest speaker once a month, mm-hmm. um, which can be you know someone in nutrition. It could be someone I had. Uh, I have some alumni um, and some softball players that have spoke. Um, I have some uh, professional athletes that are on the list to speak. So. Uh, lots of different I just want a lot of different angles for them I want them to be exposed to a lot a lot of different things a lot of stories and experiences Um, and then I also have a little local meetup so um, I'm trying I really want that sense of community for the girls that are here and then actually my out-of-state girls video in basically basically streamed so we get together and like the last one we did we created dream boards or like vision boards Oh, nice. So we do, I, I do encourage them to dream. Like I have a girl, I have a pitcher who her dream is to go play an organ. And I don't feel like I'm the person to mm-hmm. tell her that that's not a possibility at mm-hmm. this point. Because honestly, you know, I played with a girl who no one thought was going to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And she sprouted late. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I'm totally going to call her out. Um, her name is Lauren Hager, and she pitched for Florida and won two national oh, softball championships. Wow. So, I, I mean, I love her story, and mm-hmm. I love her and, um, like, what she stands for. So, like, I don't, I don't – I just feel like I can't be the one to tell mm-hmm. them, you know, you, you should you know, make yourself smaller. Yeah. I yeah. think you no, – I'm mm-hmm. – I'm, should be their encourager to dream as big as they possibly can Mm -hmm. and they're going to figure it out as they go I love that so do you so to those that are listening do you you'll take clients from out of the area and if 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 for example you had somebody that was listening that was interested from here they they could video into different things yes okay so my program is all it it can be all virtual Okay. Um, I do all of my monthly workshops are on video calls. Okay. So um, it's really cool because the girls get to pick um, one of the three options for the month. Um, I give them three dates because these girls have crazy schedules. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so they pick one that works for them. And so I'll have, you know, four to five girls on one or, you know, five to six mm-hmm. girls on another one. But it's really cool because they get to be in there together and I have girls that are some are from Missouri or some are from Chicago. One of them's from here and in, in the Phoenix area, and they're getting to like hear each other and learn from each other and support each other in in those workshop sessions. So it's it's like really cool. It's like super magical for that's, me. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> and Paige, they're not all softball related, right? So it, it's just in any sport. Is that correct? Correct. They're okay. not all softball. I ha- I do have a lot of softball girls just mm-hmm. because I'm <laughs> yeah I'm yeah, a softball yeah. girl, but. I have um, I have a couple of volleyball girls right now that are in the program. Okay. Um, and then I, I've had I also had um, a couple of girls who wakeboarded, wake surf, oh, wow. played soccer, played softball, <laughs> played like everything. So that was really cool to have them as well. I love that. That's awesome. And I think we could probably talk all day about this right with you. we're like so into the conversation but for everybody listening where can they get more information uh, so you can find my the best source of information would be my website mm-hmm. um, and it's just my name page p-a-i-g-e tons t-o-n-z and as a nickels is in zeep.com so it's just page tons.com nice nice and so all the information's there and they can mm-hmm. also sign up. I thought I read too for as a team you could sign up, right? Yeah. There's so I do. Team. I do. I have an individual program, and then I also have a team program. 
is there a program for parents? Yeah, or coaches. <laughs> <laughs> that is currently in the works. <laughs> Good to know. I, in in the in the individual and team program, um, if they are, if you guys are a part of my program, the parents um, get to be in a a little private group. So, and that's. I'm, that's something I'm really starting to try and build up. My main focus is the girls, but mm, it's, right. I know that there's a need for the parents to follow along and even oh, coaches yeah. to follow along what I'm teaching the girls. And, and I get a lot of parents are like, what do, what do I say to her? Like when this happens or right. how do I, how do I respond to this? And a lot of them now, the girls that are in my program, the parents, the moms will tell me, well, you know, Sarah, she had this horrible day. And I just mm. told her, you know, just go talk to Paige. This is so awesome. Like this is a great time. I feel like for women and young women to be empowered and there's a great platform with mm-hmm. not only, not only with the world cup, but even the college, you mentioned the um, college yes. softball world series, like the amount of people that follow that. Mm-hmm. And it's, that, that's, yeah. that's honestly more fun to watch than, than baseball. When you talk about the world, the college world series, I like I honestly just got the chills because it's, it's like crazy to think like when I was watching it, like it was it was pretty big, like it was a pretty big thing for us as kids. But to think of it now, mm-hmm. it's like it's just imploded. And um, actually, even when I was playing in college, I made we made the regional tournament twice, and our regional tournaments were not they were like they were televised on like the Longhorn Network. We mm-hmm. were in Texas one year and it was just on the Longhorn Network, which um, I, no, no offense to Texas, but nobody has. <laughs> <laughs> but now every single game, every single regional mm-hmm. game, every single super regional game and every single World Series game was um, on ESPN. It, I mean, that's mm-hmm. pretty, that's like, awesome. it's just incredible. Well, and you have so many, you have so many athletes, male or female athletes, professional talking about, these events that, that women are playing in. And yeah. I think it's, there, there's such great role models for young women that we didn't have growing up. We never right. saw, we never saw female athletes. You know, we grew up in the, the Michael right. Jordan era and, and mm-hmm. it was like all of, all of these male dominated <laughs> athletes. And I think that now it, it's such a great time for us to be empowering these young women. And like you said, yeah. most important thing, building confidence and helping them, helping them dream big. Right. Mm-hmm. especially with yeah, so many definitely. girls leaving sports mm-hmm. at a young age because of lack mm-hmm. of self-confidence stereotypes, stereotypes. Uh, there's so many there's... things we could go into with all that as well right yeah right or like just af- just afraid to look dumb and mm-hmm. <laughs> just go out there mm-hmm. and give it give it your all yeah. and i know girls are super self-conscious about that so mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's cool. Cause I think I have a lot of, I have girls at all different levels. So it's pretty, it's pretty cool to see them interact too. Mm-hmm. Well, it's awesome what you're doing and I appreciate it. And I know that, I know that a lot of people that are listening in are going to really appreciate it and, um, yeah. take, take some of your advice that you talked about in here and hopefully reach out to you as well. Well, thanks again, Paige, for being here. And we look forward to following your journey and seeing all the exciting things that you're doing with these female athletes. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Soul Sister Podcast. For more information, you can find us on the web at soulsisterpodcast.com. Or on Twitter and Instagram at soulsispod. Until next time, we're not perfect, but nobody is.